I am an adrenaline junkie. I, it takes a lot to get me excited. Ask my wife, she'll tell you. <laughs> she, she's like trying to say, hello, you have any feelings, any emotions there, anything? And I'm like, and so, and then I'm just, and she's a flatline, flatline. But when I talk about Christ and God and what He's done for us and, and all that, it just gets me excited. I get excited to hear what God is doing in our lives and to see what God is doing, how He's using us and how He's using other people and stuff like that. Because there's no better place to be than right where God wants you to be. That doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference whether it's in Poznan, Poland, where we're from, or if you're in John Day, or if that's where God has called you to be, then there is no place better. And He has something for you right where you are. Wherever you are, there He's put you, and He has something for you. And, you know, and so there was a service. We talked about a service tonight, and then I'm thinking, oh, so they want me to preach or teach or talk about something. And the trouble is, you get me up here behind the mic, and I don't know how to shut up. So I won't, I won't be long. <laughs> I'll try not to be long. And Greg's over there saying amen. <laughs> so, but... Um, but... I do want to bring, there's one of the things that God is leading us in Poznan, Poland, into what I am calling the ministry of presence. God has really been working on us and and building us in a community, as a body, Uh, maybe not number-wise, but right now He is building us um, in our strength spiritually, and uh, and so and I'm just going to share some of that with you guys and what God is doing uh, in our lives and how He is growing us. And so that's what I want to share with you tonight. I'll try to make it fun. I'll try to make Greg laugh. That might be hard, but I'll try to. And uh, we'll see and see what God has to has to say. Um, let's uh, open up in prayer though for us, shall we? Gracious Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this opportunity to share your word. For this opportunity to share with my brothers and sisters here in uh, John Day, Oregon. And Lord, uh, you have so much for us. And, and you, you, your desire for us is for greater and greater things every day. And Lord, I just pray that you be with us. You open up our hearts and our minds. And that uh, you would just touch my lips, that I would uh, speak your words, the words that you would have me to say, and that you would be glorified on what happens here tonight. We give you all the praise and glory in thy name. Amen. I'm going to ask my wife to read. She does a much better job than I do. Um, I'm going to ask her to read the scripture tonight. She can do it without a mic. She's loud enough. I, I, I can attest to that. <laughs> um, six, Isaiah 6 and many of you probably have heard um, missionaries and stuff preach uh, through this scripture and hopefully I can add something new to it but Isaiah 6 to, through 9 I guess 1 through 9 
explica. And then Isaiah was to go and tell the people. But I just want to talk to you, and I'm sure many of you, you probably can raise your hands, that uh, have heard missionaries speak from this uh, scripture. It's a common one, and they speak. But I, I, and I want to speak to it, and, because this is where God started uh, a change and a move in me. In Poznan, in Poland. Okay? And I've heard this scripture many times, and, and I've, I've heard... And I've, I'm a pastor. I've been in the Word of God and, and I've studied it and I've been to seminary and, and all that. But he just started changing my perceptions a little bit. Uh, in this scripture and then tomorrow I'll talk about some more and how, how he changed that perception. But if we, if we look at the scripture again, we'll go through it. And the year Uzziah died, we, we won't get into that, but... I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. It said, Seraphims were attendant above him, each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet. And with two they flew, and, and one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is filled of his glory. Now, well, you have to understand here, Isaiah, he was a prophet. He, he was the prophet called by God, and he's there, and he's going, and God is coming down on him. And, and God, he's walking, he's, he's walking into the temple, and God is coming down. And, and one of the things I, I feel as Christians is we forget. Church becomes so commonplace. It becomes such, you know, we, we come every week, we go and we, we see people and we see brothers and sisters, but it comes to be a common place. And somehow along the way, we forget the church is a holy place. The church is where God, you know, had His presence back then and, and and when we come in and and we we you know and i'm not gonna you know knock anybody or how they come and you know i'm here and i'm in a t-shirt and a jeans and i'm not gonna knock dress but it, it's more talking about an attitude of the heart that when we walk into god's house his place where he meets with his people as corporate 
corporately meets with his people, that, that we come in, and when is the last time we've just come to the doors of the church and, and we just felt the presence and we bowed our head and, and said, oh, thank you, God. Just, you know, and we're walking in his presence. And, and we're walking into his house where, where he's, he's filling, filling the house. And so, and Isaiah, he's being carried off to this place and he's seeing this. And he's seeing the seraphims, okay? They, they cover their feet because the feet were a, a, a sign of intimacy back then, okay? They, they're covering their feet and they're covering their eyes because who can look on God? Who can look on God and live? And the, the seraphims themselves are covering their, their eyes and say, whoa! And they're saying, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And he's saying, and, and um, Isaiah's there and he's seeing all this. And, and what does he say? What does Isaiah say? He goes on to say, okay, the threshold shook and the voices of those who called and uh, the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me. I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So Isaiah here is a prophet of God. He is a man of God. And when he gets in front of God, when he sees God, the first thing he said is, Woe, woe is me. Basically, in the Hebrew, what that means is that he's saying, I'm, I'm about to die. I, I'm about to die. I mean, God's presence, the robe of God was going through the house, and the Lord was in the house. And he's thinking, I'm going to die here. I can't... Woe is me, I am a sinner. One of the things, and, and, and I'm talking about the presence of God. And one of the things, when the presence of God comes down on us, it's like a mirror. It shows us who we really are. Isaiah, prophet of the time, a man of God, and Isaiah, he's saying, Whoa is me. Woe is me. And 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 so he, he, he he's getting there and he's seeing himself for who he really is. And when we step before God and when the presence of God comes before us and it we get to see who we really are. We get to see who we really are as the people, and even the people of God. And, and I was there, and I was reading that scripture, and God was grabbing me, and he, he was touching me, and convicting my heart. And you know what? One of my biggest problems is, is I think I'm better than I really am. You know, I mean, I'm a good guy. I'm a good person. I help people. Um, I, you know, my gift is uh, the gift of uh, help. You know, I love to help people. I, you know, I do anything. If they have something and they need it, I, I, I'll try to do it. I'll try to help them. Sometimes my wife has to straighten me out and says, you know, you've got a family too. <laughs> I said, oh, that's right. I better get home. <laughs> so, but, but. You know, but and I so I think I'm a good guy. Most of all, I think that I, you know I'm a decent person. And but when I'm matched up and I stand before God, oh my goodness, what darkness! What what? I am unworthy. 
I am so unworthy. And, and you know, and I, I'm going to tell a story, and it's really, it's going to, this is going to flow together, and it's going to make more sense to you tomorrow as well. Uh, but when, when I stand in the presence of God, I get a real look at who I am. And I so much need the touch of God. I so much need His presence. Because without His presence in me, I am beyond help. I, I can't help myself. I, 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 you know, there's nothing I can do. But, but I need Him. I need His presence because I need that before me. I need that in front of me that I am a person of unclean lips. I am a person that is a sinner. And woe is me when I stand before God and I'm like, whoa, I am undone. I am unworthy. And I need God's presence because it reminds me of who I really am. And if it weren't for Him, I'd be in big trouble. That's my wife. And, and this is going along with the presence of God. Every one of us need the presence of God. We need that presence. One, if not for anything, to be able to take a good look at ourselves. To see who we really are. Because until we see who we really are, we can't say, Whoa, is me. I'm a person of unclean lips. I don't know if it's just America or it's all around the world. I think it's human nature. We're kind of proud. We kind, of, we kind of think we, uh, we're, we're all good people. I treat people. I've given money to the poor. I've done this and I've done that. And we, think, we all think we're good people. But when you get near to God and you get near to the presence of God, you realize you're not all that. You're not. It's not that God wants to, you know us to think bad of ourselves it's not but he wants us to see who he who we really are because until we find out and see who we really are we don't have need for him we don't have need for his presence and that, and that's part of the problem in in America and in uh, and I'll say in Poland because economically and financially and in every other way I mean they're doing pretty good Okay, so why do we need God? And if, if I'm a good person, I treat people well and I do all that, why do I need God? We all need God. Because I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done in your life, or how much you've given, or how good you've been to other people. When you're compared to God, you are as black as night. And it is only through the gift of Jesus Christ that we can be made white as snow. White as snow. Now I was—I can remember—I was in prayer summit back in America, uh, back in Maine, um, and we was way up in the woods of Maine, and we rode motorcycles way out into the woods and up on a lake, and and. Um, 
and a bunch of men press on it, and we're there, and the, and the DS who was leading it, he said, okay, he said, we're going to go 24 hours without talking. And I'm like, whoa. And actually, the first thing that came to my mind was the Lacombs and their friend of mine. I said, they're not going to be able to do it. The Lacombe brothers, they won't be able to do it. <laughs> and so, so and, and, and it was just going to be time of prayer and talking with God for 24 hours and no prayer. And so we, we all get up and we, we get out of the, the house and um, out of the cabin. And wouldn't you know, even before the Lacombs got out of the cabin, they're talking. And, and then people are reminding them, and we're, we're all kind of laughing inside, though. And so I took a walk across the lake. And it was uh, late at night. The moon was bright. You could see everything. And it was starting to snow. Beautiful, beautiful night. And, and I'm walking across the lake. And, and so as I go and I come back and I'm talking and I'm praying with God and I'm, I'm seeking His face. And, and then I probably took me 45 minutes across the lake and then I turn around and, and there aren't really any lights. The moon's bright, but it's like, uh, okay, which direction were the cabins? Which way? Finally, I saw somebody, I saw a light come on, and I know it was the only place, and so somebody probably lit a lantern. And, and I walked back across the lake, and, and I get there. And then um, I go to bed that night, and I get up the next morning, and it had snowed all night. And I felt God calling me across the lake again. It was a good, good walk, good hard walk, and and uh, and uh, and I, I and then I get out there, and He's not wanting me to go across the lake. He's wanting me to look across the lake. Because as I walked across the lake, I left all kinds of tracks, deep ones in the snow and stuff, and and He just said to me. I want you to know your sins have been covered like the snow has covered your tracks. You couldn't see that I had walked across the lake. You couldn't see. It was white as snow. There was no trace of me ever being across there. And, and you know, and I've been talking to him and I've been asking for forgiveness for different things in my life and pride and other stuff, and which, you know, I, I'm continually asking God and seeking His face and and asking him to keep me clean. But I, I walked in and it was white as snow. And he says, this is what I've done for you. Your son, my son, died so that you could be made white again. And so I don't have to hang on to that guilt that, uh, you know, I have sinned in the past. And, and sins sometimes catch up with us. And we have to pay for them. And, and I'll tell you, there are some sins in my past that I pray to God they never catch up with me. So far they haven't, and I, hope, and I pray that they stay there. But if they catch up with me and I have to pay the price, then that will be it. Because God is with me. God has covered me. He covered me with the blood of His Son. And... And so, and he goes on, and Isaiah is here, and he's saying, Woe is me, I am a man of unclean lips. 
and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Now, Isaiah says he just saw the King. He saw the Lord of hosts, which he really didn't see the King, but he saw the, the, the trail of his robe as he was leaving the church. I mean, leaving yeah, the sanctuary there. And he saw that. I mean, because the Bible tells us no one can see God and live. And as I say that, part of that, and maybe tomorrow as well, as I'll talk about, is when you see God, when you're confronted with God, you have to make a decision. Are you going to die? Are you going to die? Because when you are in front of God, and if you want to be there, the first thing you have to do is die to yourself. Die to yourself. And that's where God has uh, been, has led me over the years, is I continually have to die to myself. In, in Luke 9.21, I think in, in it's saying, die daily. I have to die daily to myself. Because, and Paul talks about it, and he says, I fight with the flesh every day. Because it's part of us, that fleshliness, and, and, we, and we have to die to that every day. And, and it's only through the power and the grace of God that we're able to do that. But let's go on a little bit further here. And one of the seraphims flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraphim touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has been departed. When we are touched by the glory of God, when the glory of God comes down and touches us, our sins are forgiven. And we have to understand this, and I say this you know, as much to myself as anybody, because the devil likes to trick us. He likes to say, you know, you, you remember that saying, you you're, you're not as good as you think you are. And I'm like, you're right, I'm not. But guess what? I've been covered by the blood. I've been covered by the blood of Christ. And my sins have been forgiven because the Holy of Holies has come down and touched me. And I can only have that if I'm walking in the presence of the Holy One. Only if I'm walking with His presence. Because He forgives me and He gives me His Spirit and he, and, he, and he washes me as white as snow. And I love that song, don't you? As white as snow. Because when I stand beside Him, if I stood on my own, I'm as black as coal. But when I stand in the blood of Christ, I'm white as snow. And so He goes on. They heard the loud voice of the Lord saying, When shall I send... Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. Now in this whole process, Isaiah, he's seeing, he's seeing the Lord and he's coming in and he realizes one of the first things that we have to realize is that we are undone. That we are nothing but sinners. We... And, to, to know the presence and have the presence of God, we have to realize who we are. That's one of the first things. Second, 
is, is that when God comes and touches us, we need to realize we are forgiven. God has forgiven us. He's covered us. And then it gets down to here, though, and he says, here I am. Send me. You know, God has called us to Poland. And there's no doubt in our minds that he has called us to Poland. Um, we are thankful for that. I mean, Mary Beth and my wife, we uh, got married as older. She was 39, I was 47, something like that. And that's kind of old to get married and have a child. <laughs> but And we had a little daughter. What a blessing she is. But we're not traditional in the, in the norm. We're not traditional in, in that sense. And, and the God, he, He's called us. And we've gone out. But you know the call of God is not just for missionaries. The call of God is, just not, is not just for those that are going overseas. The call of God is on every one of us. Wherever. Just like I said in the beginning. Wherever He's called us. Whether it be John Day or Poland. Sacramento. Or California or somewhere. Los Angeles, San Francisco, Maine. Wherever. The call of God is for everyone. And it's for right where He has placed us. And when the people see us living in the presence of God, living in His glory and His faithfulness, then they're going to want what we have. They're going to want what we have. And we're all missionaries. Every one of us are missionaries. Because we are called to go out. Matthew 28 says, Go. He told the disciples, Go. Make disciples of all nations. Okay? That means you, me, that means America, that means Poland, that means wherever He's called us. When the seraphims cover their eyes and say, Whoa, holy, holy, holy. Don't you think we should cover our face and say, Holy, holy, holy? That we serve a holy, Mighty God. And we need to prepare, and we'll talk, I'll talk about this more tomorrow. We need to prepare ourselves to meet with Him. That God wants to meet with us. To each, every one of us. And, it, and it's when He meets with us and His presence comes that Christ is in us. And we have a hunger for that. A hunger. One of the things, um, and, I, and I'll say it a little bit tonight, and I'll say it tomorrow as well. One of um, the biggest traps that the church has got in today is the trap of doing. The trap of, let's go feed the hungry. Let's go reach out to the poor. Let's do a program. Let's do music. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do all kinds of stuff. But that is not what God has called us to. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. What was God doing? He was walking with Adam and Eve. 
in the garden. He was walking with them in the cool of the evening. You know why God has created you? You know why God has created you? To walk with Him in the Garden of Eden. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to know His presence. Let me tell you, don't go out of here saying, well, you know that missionary, he he told us to stop our programs. He told us to stop feeding the poor. He told us to stop playing music. Uh Uh-uh. Not at all. That's all good stuff. That's all good stuff. But what we've done is we've traded the good for the best. We've traded the good for the best. Because yes, we need to be praising God with music. We need to be giving to the poor. We need to be doing it. But guess what? We first need to be seeking God's face with all we are. Him first and Him alone. And that is what God has been teaching me the last few months in Poland. You've got to put first thing first. And that is God. Seek His face. The rest will take care of itself. My mother-in-law, and I may tell this tomorrow too, who knows, I get going. But my mother-in-law, she was sitting uh, with her Bible. A great woman of God. Every morning she gets up early, she reads her Bible and prays. And and I was sitting down there with her th- this morning and, and I said, Nana, I call her Nana because that's what my daughter calls her. I said, Nana, I said, when's the last time you took your Bible and you set it aside? When's the last you took your Bible? Last time you took your Bible and you set it aside and just saw God's face. That you just got down on your knees and said, Here I am, God. I want you. I want you more than anything. You are first in my life and I'm hungry. I want you. Come, come, Holy Spirit, come. When is the last time we've been on our knees just seeking Him? Not asking Him for, I need this, I need that. I need money to get back to Poland. I need, you know, I need this. But I want you. When's the last time we've been on our knees asking God? Saying to him, Father God, I want you and you alone. That's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take for the church to turn around. We, we can get so busy doing the good stuff that we forget about the best. So we get to see the presence of God, His gown flowing through the, the temple. And we get to see Him. And we get His presence and we know Him. This is why Jesus died. He didn't die so we could do music. He didn't die so we could do programs. He died so we could step into a personal relationship with the Father God again. That is it. That is number one. Seek my face, he says. What is it, Jeremiah 13? I don't know. 13.9 or something like that. Uh, Pastor, maybe you know it. Well, whatever. 
Yeah, when you seek my face, if you seek my face, you will find me. And if we seek his face, and, and, I, and I challenge everybody to do this, and I'll challenge everybody tomorrow too. Get in your prayer closets. Get on your knees and seek his face. He promises us that he will meet us. When we do that, we will be changed. And then, I challenge, I'll challenge the church tomorrow too. Do it corporately. You want to see the presence of God come down. Do it corporately. And I'll have some stories for you tomorrow about that and uh, how we did it in Poland and how we're going to continue doing it. But God is good. And He has so much for us. He has so much more than we, we really understand. But we have to seek Him first. Him and Him alone. And Isaiah got a chance to see Him. He got a chance to see the robe of God going through the temple. And that's what God wants. He wants to walk through His temple again. He wants to walk through His temple. He wants His people to see Him. He wants to have a present personal relationship with Him. Oh, he was at a church and then uh, and it was funny. They sang the song I love to tell the story the old, old story. And I love that song. And You know, I haven't sang it for years but I could almost sing it from memory. I grew up in the church. I love to tell the story. But guess what? It's not an old, old story. It's a fresh and new story. It's for us today. Oh, I love to tell the story, but I want to tell the story about today. How God is walking with me. How He's talking with me. How He lifts me up and how He encourages me and how He does great things through me. Today. Yes, it's a good song and it's great but it's it's for today as well so I know that I was kind of serious tonight and I'll be even more serious tomorrow because I'll tell you this is serious stuff it is it's serious stuff and it's for you, it's for me, it's for Poland, it's for all of us. We are the disciples of God. And it's for all of us. And He wants to do great things through you. I, there's no greater blessing than when God is working and using me. There's no greater blessing. I love it, especially when He uses me to lead somebody to Him. I love that. But there's other things too, just that God has used me to help people. God, but there's no greater blessing to be than to be right where God wants you to be, doing right what God wants you to do. And so, and, and that's a little bit of what God is doing in Poland. And that's what God is doing in us. And I want I wanted to share that. And I'll share some more tomorrow with some different scripture.
And, uh, but I want that for you too, okay? Uh, you know, I want it for you too. I want you to be in that place where you can step into that presence of God. You feel it. You know it. And I'll, and I'll talk more about it tomorrow. But I want it for you because I know that's what God wants for you. And you are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, tonight, before you come back tomorrow, go home, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself to meet with God. Prepare yourself. Because tomorrow, as I'll show in the scriptures out of Exodus, that just blew me away, Exodus 19 and 20, where God gives the Ten Commandments, um, I'll show you some scripture where God wanted to meet his people. And he wants to meet you. He, he wants to meet each one of us. And I'll tell you, when he does, wow, there's nothing like it. And when he does it to a whole church, oh my goodness, you blow the doors off. People won't be able to drive by this place without stopping. They'll feel the presence of God. They'll say, hey, something, what's there? There's something. I need to stop. But that's how God is. And he wants to use you. He wants to, he made you. He made you for personal relationship with him. And I've got to stop because, uh, you know, we got a cuffing we got to do and and I could keep going on and on. But uh, bring your friends tomorrow. You know some people, some friends. Say, hey, come, meet our missionary. You know, bring them into God's house and prepare yourself to meet with Him. A reverent, holy place where we as a body meet with God. Let me pray.